Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are joined today by singer-songwriter Dean Morris, aka The Glee Man, and acclaimed songwriter, mixer and musician Ash Howes, whose clients include the likes of One Direction, Ellie Goulding, Kylie, Jack Savaretti and many others. Uh, Dean and Ash, thank you both so much for joining us this morning. How are you both and uh, whereabouts are you joining us from? Uh, I'm in Hertfordshire, uh, just outside Potter's Bar area. Oh, nice. And I'm down in, in the studio where we did all the Dolby Atmos mixing. Ah, fantastic. Well, um, as I say, thank you, thank you both for coming onto the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to to having a chat about uh, the, the latest collaboration that you two have been working on, which is a uh, new full-length record from The Glee Man. Um, perhaps we could kick off uh, with you, Dean, just telling us a little bit about how this record first started to take shape and then maybe Ash you could tell us a little bit about how you came to be involved and in what capacity mm-hmm. <clears throat> sure well the um we actually started recording the album back in 2020 um and well it ended up being in a, recorded in a slightly different way than we originally intended because of what was going on in the world at the time um but I think in hindsight, it actually worked out quite well because rather than rocking up in the studio for a couple of weeks and just thrashing it out, we kind of did it fairly piecemeal over time. But I think that worked quite well for me and the creative um, the creative process there. Um, yeah, so towards the end of that, I think that was the back end of 2020, Ash, that we kind yes. of got in touch, sent you over what we've been working on. So it was produced by... Um, great producer called will hicks um who's done a lot of work with ed sheeran james blunt and a number of others um yeah so we got uh, we got ash involved and um so ash was commissioned initially to do the stereo mix uh for the album at that time um and i think we completed that ash what february 2021 yeah. yeah yeah by the time we got there and completed um <clears throat> and completed that um but then it was um i think it was a later idea to then start getting involved in the dolby atmos side and it was something that um that i drove particularly i've always been very interested in um kind of immersive music surround sound music i think even back in the days of of dvd when it first came out and then the surround mixes on dvd audio super audio cd and it just kind of takes that stereo mix to a, to another level, and there was something I was keen to keen to explore. Um, and actually, Ash obviously done the stereo mix, so he's the first person I thought of, and I got in touch, and said, you know, hey, I, I know at the time when we did the stereo mix, he didn't have a, a Dolby Atmos set up down there, and there wasn't perhaps so much going on at that time, and it started becoming more and more popular. I think- when we mixed the when we were mixing the stereo mixes, the the sort of the 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 boom in in Dolby mixing for headphones and things hadn't really kicked in properly. Uh, I hadn't then. It was only really just kind of starting off. I think there was you know, it was uh, that sort of fortuitous timing where where you asked and I'd literally just installed yeah. it in here, and I, in fact I was I think I was one of the first rooms in the country to get the official plaque from uh, Dolby. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, and, and it, it timed perfectly because obviously we had an album where we'd mixed the stereo album, so it was sort of ready to go to then put it into the immersive world. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, so it was very serendipitous at that, uh, at that time, wasn't it? Ash was like, you know, kind of, I didn't know, but are you, are you looking at this? Getting in, Ash is like, well, yeah, funnily enough, you know, we got it, we got it signed off just a, just a little while ago by Dolby. We've been working on it for a, for a while, so it was great. And, um, the great thing then w- with Ash was that, um, you know, we kind of did that process collaboratively. So, you know, I visited him down in the, down in the studio. Um, which I don't think you get a lot of Ash normally, right? A lot of times it's artists or, or labels coming to you, just, you know, wanting the, that yeah, so mix and you kind yeah. of. A lot, a lot of Dolby Atmos mixing is, is, is more of a post-production process where, you know, everything is sort of done and it's done at, at, at sort of alongside mastering sometimes. Um, and you, and it's quite simple in stems. And whereas the great thing was with this was because we were doing the Dolby in the same room that we mixed it, we could really dive deep into the multi tracks and the sessions and, and separate every little tiny thing off. And the, the way that um, that Dean's music is made, that it's sort of woven into it. There's there's always a lot of atmosphere and and you know foley sounds things like that, which really lend itself to, to a sort of immersive environment. There's so much to play with. Mm. And it was fun to do things that, you know, you, you probably wouldn't conventionally do on a, a straight pop um, Dolby Atmos mix. We, you know, we've, we've, I feel we, we had some good fun still pushing some boundaries. And <laughs> we did certainly have some, uh, some fun with it. I mean, but the great thing with me, it became a, um, it became a creative Tool. Oh. You know, as an artist, we had to sit there with, with Ash, you know, would mix the songs. And like I said, you know, we could go right down granularly to every track. It wasn't like we just had a, you know, group of um, stems together. But, um, you know, to be able to sit there and, you know, and Ash did some, you know, kind of rough kind of mixes of it before I got down there. So we kind of had a head start and a great place to start from. But um, it was great fun for me saying, oh, you know, can we do that or send that around there? And like Ash said, a lot of my tracks kind of have that vibe, the multi-layer. A lot of them have a little bit of effects and then kind of foley stuff going on, which was, you know, great to play within that um, in that space. But um, the thing, to be honest, the thing that surprised me most with it, and I don't know how, how you found this, Ash, when, when you started doing them, was, was the stripped back tracks. So there's one track on the album, which is just uh, guitar and, and vocal. Um, yes. A lot of the tracks are, you know, quite fully produced. And then there's another one which is kind of guitar, bass, and a beautiful string arrangement. And I think the level of immersiveness you got just from those tracks and the amount of um, kind of atmosphere it puts you in, it just became a far more emotional experience listening to the tracks when you had that kind of sound enveloping you and, you know, you send a little bit of reverb maybe to the back vocals, someone to the front, you know, a little bit of spread on, on the guitar and suddenly it becomes an all enveloping experience. And um, it's great. You know, I think it really, really brings out some of the emotion in, you know, detail in those otherwise tracks that you think maybe wouldn't benefit from the process so much as the fully produced stuff where you can, I guess, separate out the elements a little bit more. So that was certainly surprising, very pleasantly surprising. Yeah, uh, Absolutely. 
I mean, one of the things I think about the format as a whole is you're really able to push the emotion of tracks by by you can play with the, the audio in a way that you wouldn't just do when you're just in the stereo. There's so so much more you can do, and you can sort of play on sort of big sweeping moments, opening up more than than you could conventionally just on two speakers. I think it's an incredibly creative world to work in. Yeah. Um, yeah, and opens up you know whole new dimensions on tracks, which is brilliant. And it was nice to have the time and to really dive in and you know have have some fun. Mm. And you know, I'm not in the studio. I so much time gets wasted in studios with arguments over whether things will work or not work. I'm a great believer in you always let's try it, and then we know for sure if it's <laughs> going to work. And you know, no, no matter what the idea, let's always try it. Yeah. Well, I've been talking about one of the tracks that's um, that's out already. Um, one of the tracks we did for that original album in Dolby Atmos, a track called "Hanging Around," and uh, I remember sitting there, and it was a fairly, and, and this is one of the ones, it was a fairly stripped back kind of song, acoustic guitar, the bass, and, and the and the strings, and we had it all, and it was all sounding nice. And I remember sitting there thinking, said Ash, just humor me, humor me a minute. What would it sound like if we just send that acoustic guitar slowly just going around the room? And Ash had a little bit of a look on his face, but he was kind of like, okay, well, let, let's give it a try. See how, see how horrible it, it is. Sat there, you know, tweaked it, went away, played it. He said, right, come and have a listen to that. Just listening to it. I got up and said, that ain't horrible at all, is it? He said, no, it's yep. definitely really good. <laughs> Instrual definitely worked. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, you know, it just worked, and it sounded a really stupid idea on on paper. But the way it just went round, the, the the way the other instruments slowly came in, and the places they came in, where that guitar was slowly rotating around, just just really worked. And like you know, said you just got to try stuff sometimes. So they sound, might sound a bit crazy, but um, you know, give it a go. You never know what you might get out the other end. Sense absolutely, and I take it that for you, Ash, when you're mixing something in Atmos, this is something that's that's really fun for you to get your teeth into, you know, to be able to get to, to get stuck into a a project where there's plenty of features and aspects that lend themselves really well to Atmos mixing and provide a really immersive experience. Because sure, I'm, you know, there are plenty of records uh, you know, being made, uh, whether it's retrospectively or retroactively or, you know, uh, current people mm. are get, getting fairly conventional pop or rock tracks mixed in an Atmos format, but presumably you quite enjoy being able to get your teeth into something that's a little bit more uh, conducive to a, an immersive Atmos mix. And it sounds like this was very oh, much absolutely. that kind of a, yeah, a record. Made, yeah, it made such a difference, you know, so much. Because I, I'm, I, you know, I, a lot of my stuff is mixing, so I love the intricacy, um, and that takes it much more than the slightly more mastering based where maybe you're working with six to 10 stems. And, um, and generally speaking for, for Atmos mix is it's very important that it folds back down to match the original mix. Whereas the great thing with having Dean in the room was we could go, well, let's try, this is a new format and we can, we can do what works best in the format rather than how it's necessarily going to end up, um, you know whether it folds down exactly the same way. We could actually push the creative process, which I, which is brilliant. It was, you know, it definitely feeds on my love of detail for sure. Yeah, and f- for you, Dean, I know that you, you've already uh, alluded 
to to the fact that you quite enjoy the idea of having fun with this type of mix and being able to bring mm-hmm. different elements to <clears throat> to your music that 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 are, are far from a conventional, straightforward, you know, pop or rock track. But did, if you know that you're going to 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 mix a record in this fashion, do you start thinking differently at the writing? Point about what you can bring to tracks and, and does it kind of inform the way that a record of yours will will eventually turn out well i think to be honest i didn't then because i think when we were going through that process it probably wasn't on the agenda mm. but then i think the stuff i'm working on now is definitely at the back of my head yeah so we actually did um we actually did a track just just recently, so the, the most of that album was done, um, I think last year in, in, in Dolby Atmos. But there was um, there was a new track I created called Armistice Day, which we wanted to get out in time for for Remembrance Day. And again, although that's a stripped back track, I was conscious there were kind of a lot of kind of effects and foley elements in there. And that was certainly when I'm doing this. Oh, this is going to be really great in Atmos. I've got to get Atmos done on this, and, and it does start you know, changing that songwriting and creative and, and producing side of the, the process for sure. Yeah, definitely. It was like an orchestra, but the, the orchestra wasn't strings and things. It was, <laughs> it was guns and bullets and... and, 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 it's, and it's, yeah, it's, it's so, you know, it's a very creative and it's amazing to have that sort of woven into it as, as part of the, yeah, part of the arrangement. Mm. I mean, as as an independent artist did you have any reservations about going down this route because it's not a commonly uh seen thing at the moment for for independent artists to to be releasing new atmos mixes i Mm -hmm. I was wondering if it was something that you had any reservations or uh, apprehensions about dean before uh before embarking on this this mix no i certainly didn't have any reservations or apprehensions about i'm aware at the moment, it's just a lot of the kind of major artists predominantly are getting it done. Um, but I guess, you know, as an independent artist coming in, I'm also very, very focused on the quality of my work. And I like technology. I'm interested in technology. You know, I'm actually fortunate enough to have a, a, a Dolby Atmos speaker set up in my, in my home because I was into home cinema. And, you know, a lot of people have got that kind of full full setup in that environment so something i was very very keen to do and i guess you know for me as an independent artist is perhaps a little bit of a differentiator at that at that level and it's kind of setting out my stall so you know when i've gone into this process and releasing the tracks we've been very focused on getting good artwork good branding we've made sure we've done the apple motion art for apple music we've got the spotify canvases in place and all these things i guess to set out a quality product you know and the dolby atmos side of that was definitely an extension of that of that whole mm. thought process and having that um that spatial mix in place yeah and how refreshing is it for you ash uh, to to see ind- an independent artist like dean uh working on an Atmos, Atmos mix and one that a, a record that really lends itself to Atmos mixing. Do you think that that's something that that you'd like to see a little bit more of perhaps where possible, because, you know, not to, uh, you know, discredit the, the creativity or the, the ambition of, you know, big mainstream pop acts or anything like that. But do you think that in the indie 
sector or the indie community there's potentially even more exciting work to be done with atmos mixing than you might find in the world of major label uh mainstream acts yeah absolutely i mean i you know dean is is actually being a real sort of taking a step into the future and i i think it's it, it it's a brilliant format for I, I mean in a way it lends itself as much if not more to an independent artist to, because you, it's a big creative tool um and and because in, historically with things like 5.1 all your listeners had to have the certain technology to listen to it this you know this now is opened up to you know, so many people now streaming with with the right headphones. You know, it's not hardware reliant. So, I think it opens up to a fan base, um, and 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 I think as well it will open up with because it's headphone based a lot of it. It's opened up to a very young demographic. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel it's it's going to be who will take this as the norm. You know, that to them, immersive is going to be, I mean, with binaural, it took me a while to get used to the sound of a binaural mix because I'm so used to headphones sounding like I'm, you know, it's plumbed into my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it actually, to having grown up in that way, it takes a bit of getting used to, um, but it is an inc- it's an amazing format. It really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see more. I think, you know, it's it's a... It's it's very technology based, but it's also an incredibly artistic, creative process. So, yeah, I I, I would definitely anyone thinking of doing it, would, we should definitely you know take take a step. It's definitely worth it. Yeah, and can you just tell us um, a little bit about your setup, Ash? Um, the, the the setup you have in your studio for mixing, um, and and literally kind of how you how you went about mixing this record and what, what some of the key yeah. components of your studio are and what your setup is. So for the, for the Dolby, we're a Genelec based system, um, uh, which, and it's running off, uh, we do the, so I do my stereo mixing generally in, in logic, but actually all the Dolby mixing is all done in pro tools, um, which seems to be a best format and ties in better with the Dolby software. Um, and then we, it's, it's, we, we get it in, we sort of match it up to the original mastered stereo version, just so it's roughly in the right place. Um, yeah, and then let the fun begin and you, you start to play around with, with trying things in different places. There are no set rules at all, which is one of the things I love about it. Yeah. Um, every mix you can approach in a totally different way. And, and I love as well when you're doing an album, you're, you're tying the different tracks together so you may be end with all the music moving off to a certain place and the next track can, you know, evolve, evolve on that. Um, and, uh, yeah, the fun you can have with sort of making choruses open up. It used to be they were just getting sort of louder and wider, whereas yeah. now it become, just becomes a cinema scope and you just become bathed in it. Yeah. And can uh, you – can you? oh, sorry, sorry I didn't, didn't mean to speak over you there. Cool. Um, I was just going to ask about uh, just another question about your Genelec setup. I was wondering if you could just tell us a bit about the systems that you've got and and what it is about the Genelecs that you particularly uh, enjoy mixing on. Um, they it was trying to find we tried various speakers. It was trying to find monitors that work well in the room. Um, I wanted uh, I, I've known Genelec for years, so so it was a really easy one. Uh, there was a lot of during all the many lockdowns, trying to source 13 speakers. And, I mean, the sub is... I've, I've owned um, 
you know, smaller cars in my life than the sub that sits <laughs> behind the desk that, that for a Dolby setup, because you've got to be able to take enormous peaks of, um, of bottom end. <laughs> so, so yeah, there's this huge. I mean, it keeps me warm in the winter. This this enormous sub in there. Um, yeah. So, so it was it was many things. I was you know I was always comfortable with with Genlex, um, and yeah, it, it just it fell into it's like everything with with the Alwuddin. Everything just seemed to fall in into place. So that that seemed to be the way to go. Uh, they're also not too heavy. So I've got gantries up above me for hanging the. Um, it's quite a tall room. Um, so I couldn't put anything in the ceiling um, and I've got clouds, so I needed to bring it down. So, so I needed something that I could hang on a gantry, but it's also there's a lot of air in this room needed to be loud. So it was, you know, the, you, you come with the good thing now is you can do a Dolby setup with some tiny speakers. Uh, but I wanted something that, you know, I'm used to listening to music loud. So I wanted something to move me and, you know, stir the creative juices. So it's, it's got to be powerful enough. Yeah. yeah, it does so, sound yeah. absolutely amazing in Ash's room. I've got to say, when you know when you're sitting there and you've got that setup, it's fantastic. Yeah. It brings a smile to your face. It's amazing. Oh, it never fails to surprise me. You just, you know, you listen back and it's just like, oh my god, you know, it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and do you know which? Uh, can you recall which particular models you have in the studio? So we have got, mm, um, I think it's the sixty. It's the medium-sized ones. Um, I can't remember exactly what. Sorry. <laughs> no worries at all. I was just curious. Um, is it two tens? I can't remember. <laughs> the sub, I don't know. It's just enormous. It came in this this colossal coffin. <laughs> <laughs> it's just enormous. Um, yeah, it's it's quite something. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, I, was, I was also wondering if uh, you could tell us a little bit about uh how you first sort of crossed paths and and came to 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 work with one another that i mean that was through the stereo mix um um and dean you were talking to my management weren't yeah, you? yeah that, that was that was, that was me approached ash's um ash's management company i was having discussions with with the producer will when we came to to mixing it and a few names um came up and Ash is, um, Ash is one of them. And I'd actually had some contact with, um, with Jill Hollywood at Echo Beach, um, before. So, um, yeah, so we got in touch through, through that route and I was really, uh, I was really thrilled when Ash, uh, w- was happy to, to take it on board. So. Yeah. And we just got on. It's always, it's the, you know, you, you, it's great how things you know, fall into place, don't they? Mm-hmm. You know, it's important that everyone, you create little teams for records, you know, you know, and it's important that everyone gets on and, you know, has yeah. an open creative mind. And no, I, I think it was a brilliant fit. It yeah, no, it worked really well, didn't it? I think the whole, the whole process. Yeah. Brilliant. So, so you, you may have already mentioned this team, but when did you actually first start writing this record? Did you say that was back in 2020? <laughs> there is a song that is on the album, which is about 27 years old. Right. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that that long ago. Um, so yeah, I mean, as you can see by looking at me, I'm not a spring chicken, and I'm fashionably late to the to the party with this with my debut album. Mm. Um. So yeah, there were a few 
uh, you know, a few songs in the bag that have been written over the the years, but I think predominantly most of the songs were lit- written in the last last couple of three years. There may be kind of three tracks on the album which was which span over a period of of time. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's got that songwriting breadth to it for sure. And how how does that feel for you to be? to be putting out a debut record at that point when, as you just said, you've got a song on there that's nearly 30 years old. You know, it's one of those things where you, does it feel like a, is it like a, a a kind of feeling of excitement and almost uh, nervousness at putting something out that's been that long in the making? Cause it's Um, been something that you've obviously invested a a large chunk of time in. And, and there's a second part to that question as well. So there's, how does it feel to be, to be putting that record out? Um, at this point and also how does it feel to be doing it in an atmos mix with really high production values because you know mm-hmm. that's not typically the way for people on their debut release uh you know to, to put something out that's uh you know got got such a such a high watermark of quality mm-hmm. to it you know yeah at, at a production level mm-hmm. well i think you know going into the process it was always something that I wanted to do as best quality as possible. And that was down to the musicians that were involved, the producer I worked with, Ash, doing the stereo mix to, to start with. So that, that intent was um, was always very much there. Um, in terms of excitement, yeah, it was definitely an, an exciting time, uh, starting to get my music out there in the world. But, you know, even though that particular song was written a long time ago, I guess it only ever really existed in in acoustic form, so it still felt very fresh, you know, having gone through a contemporary production process with a very contemporary um, producer. And, you know, it's kind of, I think it feels good for me that, you know, a, a song written that long ago still feels fresh and contemporary kind of sounding and, you know, with subject matters that, you know, that kind of stand the test of time um, as well. My songs are—they tend to be very kind of story-driven. Um, many of them fictional story side. Um, some of them a little bit more personal, but I think you know, kind of that helps them kind of you know stand up and doesn't doesn't date them so much, perhaps as uh, as other material might be. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Dolby Atmos thing, like I said, was really just just an extension of of that, you know, what else can I do? I really love the surround sound format. Anyway, we've got this, you know, these songs that have been really well produced and really well mixed. Let's take them to the next level. Let's see what we can do. And, you know, when you've got that baseline to work with, it makes that whole Dolby Atmos process that much more fun and that much more exciting. And it sounds, you know, sounds the better because of it. Yeah. Brilliant. It shows how, the the songs are because having i mean i've you know as do you know we've spent a lot of time uh, mixing in both formats these songs mm-hmm. and i can tell you which three were the ones written sort of 20 odd years before before mm-hmm. the others and it just shows the song will always you know especially a good song always have song is a good song thank you ash <laughs> <laughs> um fantastic uh do, do you have a release date uh, confirmed yet for the album? For the album, we're probably at the moment aiming for maybe September, October okay. next year. So there's a little bit of a way down the line, but what we've been doing at the moment is 
So we've been releasing some of the songs that were originally recorded in the Something to Say sessions, um, which are now not going to be on the album because some of the newer songs that I've written since we felt were stronger and a better fit for the album. So Asher's got some more work to do on those um, mixing and, and putting those extra few in, in Dolby Atmos before we get to the album. But we thought it'd be good to to start getting some presence out there, to start building up a profile, getting a following, gaining some traction before we get to the point where we kind of really put the foot to the floor and, and release those commercial singles from that are going to be on the album then at that stage. And that seems to be working working really well for us so far. So great. Yeah, onwards and upwards. Excellent. And does it have a, a, a title yet? I just realised we've not mentioned that yet. The album? Yes. Yes, you did something to say. I think you mentioned that at the beginning, right? Maybe I did. Sorry, I just wanted to uh, make sure. Uh, that that is the name of the album, and that will be the name of the album, because I have got yeah. something to say. I've got a lot to say, normally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And then um, at, at the point of recording this, we're probably just, uh, well, this will probably out, be out by the time this podcast comes out, but you've uh, just written and recorded a Christmas song as well, Dean. Yes. Yes. Right about on Friday the 25th, of november so one day before one month sorry before the big the big day um so yeah it's kind of it was one that's been kicking around for a few years and we were kind of looking at this release schedule and i thought you know i'd really love to release this um this christmas song um so yeah i'm really excited about that coming out i think it's a bit of a cracker it ticks all the seasonal boxes it's got brass it's got sleigh barrels it's got kids singing on it so this is one that ash didn't actually actually didn't actually get his fingers on this one no. so i did actually mix this one myself yeah so that's out there in the world as as well i ran out of time to get anyone else to, 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 to do anything <laughs> on it oh. but it's that is sounding good Fantastic. but then i've learned a lot from working with ash you see anyway off of that so of course brilliant well um i mean it, it you know i'm i'm very much looking forward to 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 hearing the record it sounds sounds fantastic i love christmas time it's called excellent well i look forward to well i'll have a listen to that mm-hmm. now as well but uh yeah when, when that's out but by the time this comes out but yeah i'm very much looking forward to hearing the album uh and thank you once again really really appreciate you both taking some time out of your day to have a chat with us it's been great yeah, really great speaking to you thanks Dan. lovely thanks very much dean and ash Thank you. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.